Good evening. I want to welcome you to Eagles Wing Church and uh, to our Wednesday night service. Um, since the the beginning of the the pandemic, the COVID nineteen pandemic, we've been uh, in, trying to encourage and and to uh, uh, do that with what we're calling a dose of hope. And so, uh, typically on Wednesday nights here at Eagles Wing, we we have a prayer service, and and that's all we do is pray. And so, we're going to start tonight with some prayer, and then I want to I want to share a what I'm calling a dose of hope. I want to encourage you. I want to, I want to strengthen you. I want to fortify you, but I also want to challenge you. And so hopefully tonight, uh, what, what I share, what God's uh, been kind of working with me today in my heart, uh, I hope it will encourage you. Uh, tonight, I want us to, to pray, uh, for, uh, uh some folks. Uh, we have some missionaries, uh, in Mexico. They are uh, enduring the same thing that we're enduring, and we want to pray for Pedro and Alma and Andrea, their daughter, uh, Martinez. They're uh, in Potas, Mexico, and uh, they, they're part of the Mexico Outreach Center. Uh, both of them are, are, have uh, been going through some medical treatments. Pedro's had some uh, surgery on his arm to reattach a muscle, and uh, he's doing well. I talked with him yesterday. He's doing well, beginning to move the arm a little bit, had this the staples and the stitches taken out, and so he's on the the, the road to recovery. Alma is is uh, still taking a few treatments for her back, but she's doing much better. and And they are uh, they are serving folks uh, during the pandemic. Uh, there, uh, Mexico's done some similar things to what our country has done as far as uh, as kind of shutting down uh, travel and, and different things like that, and trying to confine people uh, to their homes and and using the personal distancing thing to, to, to uh, stop the spread of the pandemic. So we want to pray for them. We want to pray that they'll be able to, to make a difference in people's lives. We also want to pray for their health. I want to pray for our, our brother, Brian. Brian's home, and uh, he's recovering, and he's probably watching tonight. But we want to, we want to lift him up and pray for him. Uh, we also want to pray um, for uh, uh, Miss Sue's niece and and. Uh, uh, she her last name is Fountain, and we want to pray for her. She's she's at home and having some some different issues. And, and I've got a, a dear friend, uh, a, a, a dear friend, uh, some a couple that that I just I love, and they mean so much to me. They mean a lot to our church. Sylvia and John, I want y'all to pray for them as well tonight. So I'm just going to ask you, if you will, just uh, to bow where you're at and just join me as we uh, as we intercede and as we lift up one another. Father, I thank you uh, tonight. For your uh, your grace, your mercy, your strength, and your protection, Father, I thank you that you uh, uh, sent your Son Jesus to die for us, uh, to bring forgiveness for our sins, to give us a relationship with you, uh, Lord. Uh, no longer are we estranged from you, but uh, but now, for those who believe, we're your sons and your daughters, and so, Father, we can come to you as our Father, and we can uh, we can bring the needs that. Uh, we have, we can intercede for, for our situations and circumstances and people. And so tonight, Lord, we just want to pray for, for those we've mentioned. Lord, we ask you to meet their needs. Father, you know their needs uh, far better than, than we do. Uh, in fact, you, you know their needs, uh, even better than they do. And so we ask you, Father, to move in their lives. Father, I pray specifically for Pedro and Alma. I pray you will protect them, watch over them, keep them, uh, free. And, and healthy, uh, Lord, give them opportunities to minister. 
uh, uh, to those that 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 uh, that need help, to those that that don't know Jesus there in Pontus. Lord, I pray that uh, that you would work through them. And Father, I just pray for uh, for the others that we've mentioned tonight, Lord, and and for folks that we don't even know. We just ask you, Father, to to move and to work. Father, we pray for. Uh, those that are on the front lines fighting this uh, this COVID-19 epidemic. Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name that you would protect uh, those that work in the medical field, those uh, first responders, police, uh, ambulance drivers, uh, Father God, uh, uh, firemen. Uh, Lord, I just pray you would protect them. And Father, I, I want to thank you for, for those men and women uh, throughout this nation that are, are working in, in, in those services that are just so critical to uh, to providing food and care and, and, and the things that we need. I pray that, Lord, you would be there. God, uh, uh, the, 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 the leadership of our nation uh, through this uh, pandemic, Lord, give them wisdom. I pray, Father, that you would uh, give our government leaders wisdom. I pray it would be wisdom from above, uh, not wisdom from below. I pray that you would guard them and keep them. I pray, Father, that you would uh, give them what they need and Father, I pray that you would uh, stop this pandemic, Lord, not just in this nation, but around this world. I pray, Father, that you will awaken your church to stand in the gap and build up the wall and share Jesus. Lord, I pray that uh, out of the, the the despair and the destruction, Lord, would come revival. And I pray, Father, that, uh, that your church would awaken and that awakening would come uh, to the people that don't know Jesus. Lord, I pray this now. In Jesus' name and for his glory and his glory alone, amen. Well, again, tonight I want to I welcome you to what, what we're calling a dose of hope. And uh, tonight I want to I share the, the good news or the uh, literally the gospel of hope. That's what the word gospel means, good news. And all of us could use a little good news today. Uh, I am almost to the place in my life where I'm, I don't even watch the news. It's just bad news, bad news, bad news. And in fact, it, it seems like uh, the networks and the news reporters do their best to to find the worst news they can. Uh, the reality of it is, to to build hope and to build courage and to build strength, we need good news. We need to be realist. We don't need to ignore uh, the bad things that are happening, but we can't focus on the bad things. Uh, and 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 expect things to get better. We've got to we've got to move. We've got to work. And so we all need a little good news. And so tonight I wanna I wanna sh share with you uh, and, and just uh, and just talk with you. I wanna encourage you. I wanna remind you of some things. Some you're not gonna hear anything tonight if you're a believer uh, or you've been to church very often. You're not going to uh, you're not going to hear anything that's new. I just want to, I want to put it together and I just want to share with you, uh, the gospel of hope. Hope is, uh, is a belief in the future. Uh, but once that hope is fulfilled, it's no longer hope, but rather it's a fact, uh, of history. And history proves, uh, by experience what's worthy of putting your hope in. In other words, you can look back at history and, and see, uh, what is worthy of placing your hope and your trust in history is is a uh, is a prover uh, of of uh, it, literally it's it's like a fire that uh, that tries something and 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 as we look back through history uh, we can see what's worthy of putting our hope in there's a multiplicity of things I, I could mention which includes kings and emperors 
and, and armies and weapons and scientific advances and governments and political movements, even personalities, etc., 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 that have burst on the stage of human history promising much but failing to deliver. In other words, falling short. They, 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 were, they were the new thing that was going to change everything, but that didn't happen. There's only one person who has never failed us, and his name is God. A genuine hope that will not fail, uh, that will not fail uh, is one that gives us future assurance that God will do what he has promised he will do. He'll do what he says. He will, he will do that. Uh, those things that he has promised to do. He'll keep his promises. And and God's historical track record uh, is impeccable. He has never, never, not once, not fulfilled the promises that he's made. And he is still fulfilling those promises. Uh, scripture records in the book of Titus, uh, Paul uh, writes to a, to a young Titus. Titus is one of his protégés. And he writes to young Titus, and, and he's, he's giving him instructions, he's encouraging him, and he, he tells Titus, he says, live sensibly, live righteously, live godly in this present age. In other words, use your head. Live like you know to live. Live like God would live. Live like Jesus taught us. And, and live godly. Act as your life, Let your lifestyle reflect God. And then he says this, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us. You find that passage in, in Titus chapter 2, verse 12 and 14. Paul tells Timothy, or tells Titus, he says, be looking, be looking, be expectantly awaiting, be paying attention, looking for the blessed hope. Uh, most commentators would say that is the return of Jesus, and, and, and it is the return of Jesus, the appearing of his glory. Be looking for that. Paul's encouraging uh, this son of his in the faith uh, because this young man is serving in, in a tough place during a tough time. Titus needed some good news. He needed uh, a dose of hope. He needed the gospel of hope. You might be thinking to yourself, tonight, especially if you're a Christian. Well, you know, I know the gospel of hope. I, 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 can, I, I can repeat it backwards and forwards, inside and out. I've heard it over and over and over. But I want you to know tonight that the gospel of hope is not just a message. The gospel of hope is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Now, and I, if, if you don't realize and you don't uh, completely understand why he's worthy of your hope, then I want to I answer that question. You may know the gospel, but you may not quite understand why Jesus is, is worth us placing our hope in or, or why you can trust God regardless of what happens today, tomorrow, or 10 years from now. I want to just share with you the simple truth of what God has done. And I want to share why he's done it so that you have an anchor that will stabilize you, and a vehicle that will carry you into the future that God has for you. I hope this will encourage you. I, I, today, as I as I thought through this, I, I I prayed yesterday, and I began to think, God, how? What can I share? What can I? What can I do? And and I just remembered the this this passage out of Titus that we're to be looking for the blessed hope. And and as I began to think about it, God began to 
to just pour into me the, 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 and remind me uh, of the gospel, the whole gospel, the, the, the good news of what God has done through Jesus Christ. And so I, I just want to share that with you tonight to encourage you. And, and I want to do it to, to help you a little bit, maybe with understanding, but also to give you confidence the, the confidence that you need to also share the blessed hope. You see, the people that we come in contact with uh, from time to time, they're looking for hope. People in our society today, uh, as this pandemic has taken hold of our nation and our culture, uh, they're looking for hope. They're looking for something to grab hold of. And we know that hope. We know Jesus, and we need to be able to share with them the simple truth of the gospel. The, the gospel is, is simple, yet it's not simplistic. It, it's profound, yet even a, a child, a small child, can grasp it. A child can even understand it. And so I just I want to share that simple truth of what God has done and why he did it, so that, that, that you can do the same thing, so that you can strengthen yourself with it and then encourage uh, with confidence other people. Uh, God, as most of you know, God created each of us. He created human beings. He created us to live with him in his presence. Uh, he, he didn't create us to live in one place and, and for him to live in another. He created us to live together. He wanted us to be with him. He wanted us to, to be with him so that uh, we could experience a relationship with him, a relationship that's indescribable. God uh, created us to walk with him and to talk with him and to, to fully express his, uh, he wanted to fully express his unconditional love and he wanted us to experience that and to respond to that unconditional love by loving him back. He, he created uh, you and me, uh, Everything we see around us, he created for our good and our pleasure to, to give us uh, the fullness of the experience of who he was. He, 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 he created us to experience how uh, to live. We were to learn to live and, and we were, we were uh, 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 going to be, he was going to teach us how to exist in his literal presence. He created us in his image and his likeness. And then he gave us the ability to make choices just like our creator does. He gave us the ability to make decisions, to, to, for our will to, to act on facts and to make the right decision. He gave us that gift. He made us stewards of this creation. In other words, we were his overseers on this planet. And I believe that if, if man had continued to obey and to do what God said, we would have become stewards over this universe. Most of you know the story. God placed that first man and that first woman in a garden and he put them there. Everything they needed was there. And he gave them one prohibition. He gave them one thing that they were not to do. And that was they were not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything else was theirs to experience. Every day, each and every day, God would appear and he walked and he talked with his son. He walked and he talked with his daughter. Uh, and and he, he, was, 
he, he revealed himself more and more and more. He, he was training them and teaching them on, on how to rule and how to do the things that, that, that he wanted them to do. He, he, was, he was bringing them deeper and deeper into an, a, a real, genuine relationship. But this couple chose to listen to another voice. They chose not to listen to just God. They chose to listen to another voice, a demonic, a fallen angel named Satan, who's in the past had rebelled against God and had been cast out of heaven. They believed this demonic angel's lie, and they ate the fruit that God had forbidden them. They disobeyed God, and that disobedience became the very first sin. And, and sin always separates us from, from God. It separates us from his presence. And in that moment, their choice caused a cataclysmic severance. It caused a death of the relationship God had uh, had desired with them. Now, maybe you're thinking, as, as, I've, as I've often heard people ask, maybe there's a lot of questions running through your mind. Maybe even as a Christian, you have certain questions that uh that you ask from time to time. Maybe you don't voice them out loud, so I'm going to voice them for you. Well, why did God put that tree there? Why did God allow Satan to tempt them? Why did God create them? Here's the one that, 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 that I hear very often. Why did God create man and woman if he knew this was going to happen? And then I hear this from time to time. Why did God not just simply start over by creating another man and another woman? You know what? Every one of those questions are good. But the answer to those questions is why you and I can place our hope in God. And I just want to share that with you. I want to share why God did what God did. There's no doubt about it indeed. God knew. He certainly knew the choice that first couple would make long before he created them. And yet he created them. He created them because he had already put in place a provision in his plan to take care of that issue way back in eternity past. Now, we don't quite understand eternity. For us, it's forever and ever and ever the eternity I'm talking about is before time even began. You see, God created time in the process of creating everything else. God exists outside of time. Now, I know that that kind of blows my mind, but that's, that's just reality. And yet God put this plan together before there was ever even time, before he created anything. I want you to remember, God created us for this reason, to experience his love and to respond to his love, to have relationship. He desired to have relationship with, with, with us. And so he created us. And, and that, that desire requires the ability uh, to make a choice. That's why God gave them, uh, the man and the woman, uh, the ability, uh, the privilege, uh, the responsibility. Maybe, maybe that's the best word. Uh, the responsibility of making choices. Love is a choice. You can't make someone love you. And so God gave the man and a woman, the woman, a choice. They had a choice to love God 
or not love God, to respond to God's love in in a in a, 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 a an equal way. Now, it was a choice to believe the one who truly loves you and who has demonstrated that, or it was the choice uh, of the one who always lies to you. And the Bible tells us that uh, they made the wrong choice, but the Bible also tells us that love never fails. The love of God did not fail these two individuals. It, it, it didn't fail the man and the woman. Even though their love failed, God's love did not fail. And listen, God's love for you won't fail as well. God loved this couple, and God had already made arrangements. He'd already made a plan that would, that could redeem them, and not only redeem them, but redeem uh, their descendants. God wasn't caught off guard. He wasn't caught by surprise, and not by even by a long shot. He patiently and he graciously con uh, continued with his original plan. God didn't have a problem. He had a solution. We are the ones that had the problem. Humanity uh, at this point now is lost, and it can't find its way back to, to God. Neither can we today. We're, we're, the world, you're born lost, and, and there's no way to get to God. There's no way to work your way to God. There's no way to find God. God finds us. God comes and, and, and looks for us. That's what Jesus did. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so we couldn't find our way back to God. So, and what happened is death now began to stalk every man and every woman and everyone eventually died. And they continued to do that. Uh, the wages of sin, according to scripture, is death. It's death. Well, you may be thinking, why didn't God just create a new couple and start over. Well, first of all, as I mentioned, God loved that first couple and, and those who would be their descendants. And they, and the fact is he loved them as much as he loves you and me right now. And secondly, and this is, 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 is very important. Secondly, to have started over would have meant God had made a mistake, that he was somehow less than who he really is. To have gone to another plan other than, than his original plan would have meant that it was God's fault that they sinned. And that's simply not true. They made a choice. God didn't set them up for failure. God set them up for success. Everything they needed, God had provided. All they needed to know, God had told them. All they had to do was trust God and obey God but they chose to disobey and to distrust God. So to have gone to another plan other than the original would have meant that God, it was God's fault and it wasn't. Rather, uh, it was their fault. It would have meant that God had, had somehow failed and that what happened was impossible to fix. And scripture says over and over and over that nothing, no thing is impossible with God. And so in, in, in God's original plan, and, and I want to say this just to, just to say it, it was a perfect plan, by the way. A human being would walk with God and learn how to live life with God through revelation and through the power of God. 
That was how God was going to teach man. Man didn't need the knowledge of good and evil. Man needed the revelation of God. And the reality of it is we still need the revelation of God. God has given us his revelation in scripture. We can open it and we can read it for ourselves. The Holy Spirit still speaks to us uh, with revelation, personal revelation for, for each of us if we will listen. God still speaks. But God's plan was that through revelation, we would learn how to, to respond and, and, and to, to, uh, to, to love God and to obey God. It wouldn't be through knowledge. It would be through revelation. He would give us wisdom, and, and that wisdom would become knowledge. But instead, man chose the knowledge of good and evil. but nothing is impossible for God. So in his original plan, God uh, determined before time began that a man, a human being, would walk with him and learn how to live with him through revelation and through the power of God. That was God's only plan. And, and now it seems like that was impossible. And it was impossible due to, to sin, which now separated the, the man from God, the man and the woman. Yet, a man without sin had to accomplish this. And there was no man without sin. And there was no person that, that didn't have that, that nature, that bent towards sin. It was passed down from, from father to child and from father to child, from generation after generation. Yet a man had to complete the plan for any of us to really have any hope for the future. But there was no man. Or was there? That's the question. To save humanity from eternal death and an endless eternity of being separated from God, God acted. God took it upon himself uh, but that act took place before God ever created anything. As I mentioned before, it took place in eternity past. And in eternity past, Scripture says that God slew a lamb. God sacrificed a lamb. What in the world does that mean? It means that God acted. God acted. The requirement was a man. A man had to fulfill the plan of God, yet there was no man capable of fulfilling the requirements of complete obedience. Sin had taken care of that, yet God's plan continued to unfold seamlessly. As we study the scriptures, we begin to see that God himself became a man. When I say that, I don't mean God uh, waved his hands and he looked like a man. Literally, Scripture says he took on flesh. Uh, uh, the, the, the biblical word is he, he was incarnated. He, was, he became flesh. He became a genuine, red-blooded, 100% human being. God the Father placed God the Son in the womb of a young Jewish virgin named Mary through the power of God the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know how to explain that. I just know that Scripture says that the glory of God overshadowed her. And she became pregnant with the Son of God. 
No human father had a part in this. And there's a, there's a reason for that. That is the sin nature, uh, the, the, the fallenness of Adam had been passed from father to child, from father to child, from father to child down through the generations. That's why we are all born sinners. That's why uh, every man and every woman is fallen when they're born. But it that, that the father passes that sin nature somehow through the blood at conception when when uh, the, the the sperm and the egg unite the, the blood of the child the blood that 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 child will have for the rest of his life is given to him through the father the mother's blood never mixes with the babies the infants the child's blood and so what happens is that blood that is it is, is produces uh, the the blood in the child is is already tainted. It's tainted with the sin nature. Therefore, if Jesus had an earthly father, then his blood was was tainted. His blood was uh, was not sufficient. It couldn't be used for a sacrifice. It would have meant that he had a sin nature. And Scripture is very clear: he had no sin nature because God was his father. Mary was his mother. Mary uh, gave birth to him. Now, this thing about the blood is a scientific fact. This baby that we now know as Jesus is, is the son of God and the son of Mary. He's 100% God. Don't get, I don't want you to miss this. But he's also 100% man. Two natures, God and man. Two individual, separate natures living in one person. That's who Jesus was. Jesus is the God-man. Jesus is a man, but he, but he has no sin nature. And in his humanity, Jesus is like Adam prior to Adam's fall, prior to his disobedience. Adam uh, was sinless at that time until he, he fell in sin, as he, until he fell in disobedience. Jesus is like the first Adam. In fact, he's called the second Adam. In his humanity, he's like Adam before Adam fell. Jesus is our only answer and our only hope to the sin situation. And Jesus obeyed God perfectly. As you read the, the story of Jesus, not once do you find him, him uh, sinning. Uh, he's tempted. He didn't sin even though he was tempted by the devil. Jesus did this. Not as God. That's, that's the thing that very often we don't understand. Jesus did this as a man because a man had to live a sinless life. And Jesus lived a sinless life even though he was God. Jesus did this as God. Jesus uh, didn't achieve a sinless life because he was God. He did it as a man fully obedient to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did. He fulfilled what Adam was created to do. He, 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 he did what each one of us uh, are going to be able to do through Jesus. He lives a sinless life. And because of that sinless life, you know what? He became the sacrifice. But simply fulfilling the plan doesn't pay for your sins. 
It doesn't pay for my sin. It doesn't pay for any sin. The payment price for sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Somebody has to die. Somebody has to pay the price. You and I couldn't pay the price. We couldn't even pay the price for our own sin. Uh, every person who dies apart from Christ will spend eternity in hell paying for their sins. I often ask this to, to our people. How long is eternity? Well, it's forever and ever and ever. What are people doing in hell? They're paying for their sins. Well, if you have to stay forever, it's obvious you cannot pay for them. So there, there was no person who was able to pay for those sins. And yet Jesus, because he did not sin, is sinless. And the payment price is death and of a sinless sacrifice. There's no animal that can pay that price for man's sin. Only a sinless man can do it by dying in place of those who have sinned. His sacrifice, uh, that sacrifice has to be innocent. That sacrifice has to be without spot. It has to be without blemish. Only Jesus fits that description. Only Jesus is sinless. And Jesus pushes us out of the line and he takes our place in the line and he walks to the place of execution and he's cru crucified. God sacrifices his only begotten son, Jesus Christ on a cross. Wasn't the Jews, wasn't even the Romans, even though they, they played a part in it. It was God the Father. And God sacrificed his son because of his great love for you. It was not uh, for any other reason. He was willing to pay the ultimate price to purchase life out of death so that you and I could experience life in his literal presence. Remember, we were created to live in the literal manifest presence of God. We were created to enjoy his glory and his presence. He created us so that he could walk. He, he allowed Jesus to die on a cross. He sacrificed his own son so that he could walk with us and talk with us and pour out his whole life and his love on us and so that we could respond in like manner. Jesus died for your sin and Jesus died for my sin. He died for the sins of the whole world. And God accepted that payment for sin. He accepted the blood, and that was the cost. That was the cost. It was, it was, it was spotless blood without blemish. And God accepted that payment. And he raised Jesus from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit. No person, no person anywhere on this planet has to live under the condemnation of sin. You don't have to live under the condemnation of sin. Your neighbor doesn't have to live under the condemnation of sin. No person, not even a person who's in prison, has to live under a condemnation of sin. No person has to live under the penalty of eternal death in a place called hell. God did not create hell for people. He created heaven for us. He created him, us for him. 
He created hell for the devil and his angels. And so God won't send anyone to hell. They will choose to go there. They will exercise their choice based on what they do with Jesus Christ. They will exercise that choice and they will make the choice. They will either go or they won't go. Jesus died for the sins of the world. Think about that for a minute. Jesus died for everybody. He has made the, the arrangements. He has paid the price for every soul that has ever lived. That's a big payment. That's an amazing payment. And he offers this gift to every person and to any person by grace, through faith. We surrender. By that I mean we, we stop running from God. We fall on our knees uh, in a manner of speaking, sometimes literally. We throw up our hands and we simply believe the good news of the gospel. We believe that, that Jesus has done what he said he has done. We believe that, that Jesus is who he says he is. We believe that with our heart. And let me, let me explain what I mean by that. The heart in scripture is 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 the is the inner core of who a person is it's 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 the mind the will the emotions it's all everything that makes you who you are me who i am it, it's it's that personality it's that individuality uh, that that is us we believe deep 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 in our core in our heart and then we confess it with our mouth what do we confess that jesus christ is lord and savior and when that takes place, God applies the payment Jesus made on the cross to our account. You see, before I, I, you or I uh, make that confession and, 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 and believe, the only thing in our account is debt. It's a sin debt. And I can't pay it. And you can't pay it. it, it I'm, I'm, I'm financially bankrupt, spiritually speaking. Yet the moment I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth uh, Jesus as Lord and Savior, God makes a deposit in my account. He takes uh, through Jesus Christ, he takes the righteousness of Jesus he places it in my account. He takes my sin and my debt and he puts it in Jesus' account. And all of a sudden, I am made righteous. One who is a sinner is now righteous. One who is a sinner has now been set apart and, and whom God calls now a holy one. Uh, that, that word translated out, out of the Greek language is literally the word saint. We go from being sinners to becoming Saints. That doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means that God has, has given us his righteousness. He's made us holy. He set us apart for him. And so Jesus gives us his righteousness. He takes away his sin. And then he, he, he pours out the Holy Spirit in our lives and seals us with the Holy Spirit. And we are born again. Born, as, as, as Jesus would tell Nicodemus, born from above, born by the Spirit of God. And what happens is we become God's kids. We become God's sons and daughters, God's children. 
And the beauty of this is, is that Jesus, once he had accomplished uh, this sacrifice, and once God raised him from the dead, Jesus uh, uh, rose into heaven. He ascended. That's the word that, that's most often used. He ascended into heaven. As, as he ascended, his, his closest disciple watched him go. They, they, they stood gawking almost. It was unbelievable as he, as he bodily ascended into heaven. And the angel said, why do you men stand gawking? Why do you men stand, stand looking like this? This same Jesus that you see going, like, uh, going up will again return in like manner. Jesus has promised to return again for us. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is in John chapter 14. Jesus tells his disciples that night before he is, uh, he is about to be crucified, he says, you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many dwelling places. Uh, the King James says many mansions. And if it were not so, I, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, a place in the Father's house for you. And if I go, and we know he did, because there were witnesses who saw him ascend into heaven. He says, if I go, I will come again to receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus has, has promised to return for us. And that returning, that coming again, is what many uh, called the blessed hope. It's what, what Paul called the blessed hope when he, he shared this with, with Titus. You know what? God has kept every promise he has ever made, every last one of them. His track record, I remind you, is impeccable. And very often, uh, people who, 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 who bet on the future look at the past record to see uh, who has the most potential to fulfill what they say they, they will do or, or are able to do what they can do. And so if we look at the past, God has a 100% uh, record for doing exactly what he said. And so this promise, the fact that Jesus is going to return again, uh, he's going to keep that one. Jesus is coming back. It may be in the next few moments. It, it, it may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be 10 years from now. I don't know, but I know he is coming back. His return is imminent. Nothing has to happen for him to return. He is returning. That's our hope. And this is why our hope is secure. This is why I can put my hope in a future event. I can look forward to tomorrow regardless of what's happening to, to me, regardless of the circumstances around me or around you. It's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on me. It's dependent on Jesus and Jesus alone. And he will keep his promise. Listen, our hope is secure. It is. I want to encourage you with that. I want to say that again. Our hope is secure. The fact that God keeps all his promises is the only thing that makes him worthy of placing your temporal and your eternal hope in. 
History has proven the veracity, the truthfulness of God. History is his story. If we look at, at the history of the world, it's the God's story of his interaction with, with man and woman. It's the good news. It's the gospel of hope. And Jesus is our future hope regardless of what happens today, regardless of what happens tomorrow, and regardless of what happens in the future. He's the only person capable of fulfilling every promise. Listen, trust him. If you're a believer tonight, just trust him. Trust him. Rest in him. That's what, that's what trust means. It means to place your full weight in Jesus. Just trust him. If you don't know Jesus tonight, place your full weight in him. You've heard the gospel. Make a choice right now to believe it. And then confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Savior. If you'll trust him, if you'll place the full weight of your eternal, your eternal future in him, you won't be disappointed. Stop worrying about your past. I, I, can, I can hear you, some of you right now, thinking uh, over 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 the the internet i can hear you thinking well you don't know what i've done uh you you don't know the things that, that that i've said or you don't know how i've acted listen stop worrying about your past stop fretting about the present listen you you can't change anything you can't change uh the color of your hair by worrying you can't make anything better or worse. You can make it worse by worrying, but you can't make it any better by worrying. So stop worrying. Stop fretting about the presence and just simply place your faith in God's promise for the future. Listen, God's promise of the future is Jesus Christ. The reason we have this promise for the future is because of what Jesus has done in our past what he's done, uh, what he did on the cross and what he did at, at, the, at the empty tomb. Listen, Jesus Christ is our blessed hope. And I want to encourage you with that tonight. And I want to, I want to close our, our time together, our dose of hope with a, with a moment or two of prayer. And I want to say good night to you. I want to encourage you. Don't quit. Don't quit. Take the message of hope, the gospel of hope, and share it with someone who doesn't have the same hope that you do. Don't keep it to yourself. It was never meant to, 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 have, to, be, to be soaked up and soured in you. It was meant to be shared. It came to you from somewhere else, and it's meant to go somewhere else from you. You're a conduit of the gospel of hope. So I want to encourage you with that. And tonight, if, if you're listening, and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want to. I just want to encourage you. You've heard the gospel. He didn't just pay for the sins of the world. He paid for your sin, every last one of them. And he knows you by name. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows you're listening right now. And he's speaking to your heart right now. And he's calling you to become his son or his daughter. And all you have to do is surrender. All you have to do is throw your hands up and say, God, I surrender. I stop running. 
Lord, I confess my sinfulness to you. I am a sinner. That's all confession means. It doesn't mean you have to name every sin. It just simply means you have to agree with God that you are what God says you are, that you've sinned. You confess that. And then the scripture says you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is and that he's done what he says he's done and he's done it for you. Scripture says if you do those two things, then God has just birthed you from above. He's, he's given you new life. He's, you've been born again. Uh, the, 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 the term we often use is he has saved you. He has delivered you. He has delivered you from the kingdom of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of light, into his kingdom. You have become his son or your daughter. I want to pray for you right now, and I want to pray for, for all the, the folks from Eagle Wing that, uh, that are watching right now. And I want to ask God just to bless you, and I want to ask God to, to confirm this truth in your spirit and, 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 and to put an emphasis in your life to share this truth with somebody else tonight or tomorrow. Don't wait. Don't wait. There are people right now that need this hope. Lord, I thank you for the simple truth of the gospel. I thank you, Father, for uh, your, your blessedness. I thank you, God, for your holiness. I thank you, God, for your righteousness. Lord, I thank you that you are who you say you are and that you have done everything that you said you would do. I thank you that you have paid the price for our sins. I want to thank you for that young man, that young woman. Uh, that boy or girl, that, that older adult tonight, Lord, that, that just accepted the truth and they received your grace and they're going to they're gonna see your glory. Lord, I want to thank you for the, the, the men and women of Eagle Swing Church. I want to pray tonight, Lord, that you would give them a spirit of confidence and a spirit of boldness to share the simple story of the gospel, to tell it, to open their mouths and share it. Lord, I pray that you would reap a harvest, a fresh harvest, Lord. I pray that that harvest would go on and on and on until you come. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.